Awesome. That's going to be a lot of fun. That is the 13th is next week, Sunday night. So next week, be prepared to go play in the sand and possibly the water, depending on what um, the weather decides to do. Then, uh, for some of you guys who are with me, welcome home. Those that uh, weren't, glad to be back. Missed you guys. We were in Guatemala. Had an awesome trip. Um, before I left, we'd been talking, actually we were in the main a few times, but we'd been talking about being in Christ. We discovered that, that our life in Christ, that Christianity is meant to be lived in Christ, and that much like a buffet, just because it's available to you doesn't mean that you've got it. Just because you walk up to an all-you-can-eat buffet doesn't mean they shove everything that's up there down your throat, which is probably a good thing. Otherwise, we'd all be round people. Like, what happened? I went to an all-you-can-eat buffet. They shoved it all down my throat. And then they're going to have a big throat, a big belly or something. Or comes out. No, never mind. We'll skip that. Um, but the, the point is that they, when you go to a buffet, and, I, and I've done this with people where somebody comes back with like a plate of rice. And you're like, what do you got? You're like, I got rice. Like, you realize that they had other things up there? I like rice. You're like, yeah, rice is good. But did you, did you see the other food? Go to the next picture. You're like, yeah, like there's more. There's more. Yeah, you could be having all of this and you're eating rice. You're like, um, rice is good. All the rest is better. Like, I normally get rice because I'm supposed to, but you eat all the other stuff because it tastes good. And a lot of times Christians come back and their life, they're, they're experiencing so little of what God has for them. They're like, I'm not going to go to hell. Like, That's great. That's good. But you realize that there's a lot of benefits that God has for you that he wants to see you um, have. Now, we talked a bit about forgiveness. We talked about salvation. Um, we talked about our identity. On this morning, I want to talk about bearing fruit. John 15, verse 4. This is a little different. I was thinking about skipping this in the entire series, and then I couldn't get away from it. I had like three other messages started. I'm like, I'm going to do one of these. And then I felt like I'm supposed to do this one. So I'm like, oh, well, scratch that. We'll do this later. We'll do this one. So it says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless you abide in the vine. The vine he's talking about is himself, which is Jesus. And he goes, neither can you unless you abide in me. He goes, you can't bear fruit unless you abide in him. I said, well, what is abiding in him? It's making him the source, the strength of life, direction, obeying him, depending on him, and letting him be the influencing force of your life. Um, and as, as I was looking at this, I'm like, well, the Bible talks a lot about fruit. In fact, it tells us that you can judge a tree by its fruit. And you're like, well, duh. You look at it, it's got oranges growing on it. It's probably an orange tree. If it has apples growing on it, I bet it's an apple tree. If it has avocados growing on it, what do you think it is? An avocado tree or a pear tree? Someone should go back to kindergarten. <laughs> I'm going to go with an avocado tree, and that's really, really simple when we look at a tree. You're like, if you can figure out what kind of fruit it is, you know what kind of tree it is. That, that's pretty simple. But... He goes and says that the, the same is true of people. That you can tell a lot about a person's heart by the fruit that their life 
produces. And I've talked to a lot of people who don't like this because they have an image that they'd like to use to think about themselves. And they're like, well, I'm a good person and I love Jesus and I'm a Christian and it's all good. And you go, well, great. What kind of fruit is your life producing? Stop probing into my life. <laughs> Not like, okay, well, like, so I, I actually sat down with several people and I, I made them read these verses. I said, all right, let's go to Galatians chapter five because it talks about fruit. It says that your life is going to produce fruit whether you like it or not. The only question is what kind of fruit your life will produce. Galatians chapter 5, verse 19. Should be appearing shortly. It goes through and says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, uh, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it goes, this is one classification of fruit. It goes, all these kind of fruits come from your flesh. And he goes, but, the next verse, verse 22, says, but the fruit of the Spirit, goes, this is the fruit that you want in your life. This is the fruit that comes from the Spirit of God. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And he tells us that our fruit is meant to set us apart. In fact, in John 13, 35, he says, by this, all people will know that you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. So I've literally sat in my office with people, and they're going through this, and they're like, yeah, I love Jesus. Like, what are you doing? Like, well, I'm in constant fights with my parents, constant rebelling against my parents. I'm sleeping with my girlfriend. It's all right. I want you to read that first section. Read the second section. Like, yep, yep, read it. Which one most accurately describes you? Can you, does one of them describe you better than the other? Yeah. The first or the second one? First one. Hmm. So does that mean you're living for Jesus or for yourself? And I've had a lot of people that looked at it and were like, whoa, well, I've always wanted to think of myself as living for Jesus. But if you were to walk up to me, I could say, I have an apple tree! But you wouldn't find any apples. You'd find lemons. And you'd discover that the fruit was very bitter and the fruit was not what it was supposed to be. But there's this thing that a branch doesn't bear fruit because it sits there and goes, fruit! Yeah. Like, <laughs> that'd be kind of cool, ninja tree. But... Um, that's not the way it works. In fact, I've kind of tested the theory. My, my son just tested the theory for me. We were, we were at my, my brother's. So his, he was playing with the cousins, and they've got a mulberry tree, and he decided he liked the mulberries and broke a branch off. And it was a little branch. And he kept running around with the branch, and he's like, this is great. I can just run around and pick berries because they're still on the branch. And he really would like this to continue because carrying around a branch is great. But you guys are pretty smart. What do you think happened to this branch that he just kept carrying around? It did run out of berries, and it died. In fact, I tried to save it. I thought maybe I mean, it's, it's a branch, 
I'm going to shove it in the thing of water and maybe the branch will do all right. It died. Um, it was worth a shot. And, uh, but, but this is what you learn. You learn that if you become disconnected from the tree, if you become disconnected from the vine, you stop bearing fruit. Because you bear fruit, not because you th- sit here and go, bear fruit, bear fruit, but because you're connected to the vine and the life of the vine begins to flow through you. In our actual lives, we're going to bear fruit, but the question is, what kind of fruit are we going to bear? So what I learned is that you don't just disconnect from the vine. It's not just like, hey, I just love Jesus or, you know, hey, I'm just a little bit disconnected. As soon as you unplug from one thing, you by default plug into something. It may not be on purpose, but we do. And what we plug into will determine what comes out. Some people plug into people's expectations. And all of a sudden, the thing that drives them, that guides them, that causes their decisions to be made the way that they are is by what other people are going to think. Some it's just going, hey, I just want money. I just want popularity. I just want sex. I just want to fulfill all of my pleasures, desires. I'm just afraid. But all of these things... Whatever they are, they begin to affect the choices that you make, and they begin to produce a fruit in your life. As I was doing this, I, I recalled something I heard a long time ago, so I looked it up. And I want to show you a picture. It's going to seem to be derailed, but this is on purpose. This all connects. Can you put up the first picture of flowers? Aren't they pretty? Okay, so I, I keep seeing these flowers just like about like these at Costco and thinking they look awesome because... They're unnaturally bright and strange colors. And I discovered something. Um, there's actually five different ways that they dye flowers and make them really cool looking. The first one, the only one we're going to talk about, um, is relevant. Next picture. So all of these flowers were white. All the flowers from the picture before were white. But what they, you can do is if you take the white flower, you cut the stem, you're supposed to cut it low. I'm testing this this morning, so we'll see if I cut mine low enough. Um, but you're supposed to, cut it, you're supposed to cut it at a 45 degree angle to, uh, for maximum ab- um, absorption. And so I, I cut them at a 45 degree angle and you stick them in a cup, container, with water and food coloring. You're like, well, that's weird. How does sticking the bottom of it in food coloring turn the petals cool colors? But they told me, as I re- did my research, that I, I discovered that the darker, the, the more food coloring you put in, the more it'll color the petals. I'm like, okay, that's pretty simple. I can understand that. The longer you leave it in, the more it changes the colors. It, there's, I have a whole chart that'll tell you how many hours will get it like a light, a medium, or a bright color. And I didn't have time to test this other bit of information, but they said that if you cut it and you wait two hours before you put it in water, the plant goes into like a panic mode because it's out of water and it will change faster as it begins to suck up the stuff to fill the void that's in the plant. And I got thinking about this going, so where it's drawing from, where it's now made its source, 
begins to change the way that it looks. And I, and I look at those, I'm like, well, those are some pretty cool flowers. Next one, next picture. This is some, someone as he just started the process with the white flowers and the food coloring. You can, if you want, don't test this during my message. Afterwards, if you want to look this up, you can just type in um, flower dyeing exper uh, experiment. <clears throat> Can't talk today. I'm sorry. So hopefully you guys can understand my blah, blah, blah. So that's about what's coming out. Um, but I was looking at this going, well, so this is going to change how the flower looks. What happens to me if I disconnect, if I automatically reconnect somewhere else, what cup am I drawing my life from? What influence is directing me? Because if it's changing me, if it's dying me, if it's, if it's producing a fruit, if it's dictating my life, is it the thing that I want it to be? Because I, as I was looking at this, I was just amazed. And I was amazed because there's a lot of Christians who don't realize that their life is being affected or that their life should be affected. And so when there's the lack of fruit or the wrong fruit, they don't think of it as off. I had a conversation with, with a girl, ah, it's been a decade, about a decade ago. And so it's a girl I worked with when I was in college and I was, we were chatting and it came up that, that I don't do a lot of things that she did. I don't go to parties and get drunk and I don't, um, not sleeping around and all these different things. And finally she's asking me why. I'm like, well, because I love Jesus and I want to live for him. And she's like, well, I've, I've, you know, I've read the Bible. I'm familiar with, you know, I've, I've heard about the Bible at least. And, but it's not like God actually expects us to do those things, does he? Like, yes. No, no, he, he just said them because he was bored. Like, no, really, honestly. He said it because he wants you to do it. Like, he gave you instructions for them to be followed. And this was a complete foreign concept to her. And I've talked to people, not just when I was in college, I've had students who were like blown away that their mom's like, hey, you know what the pastor was saying? We're going to do that in our house. And they're like, what? Who does that? And you're like, honestly, what have I been up here for? Um, because it's supposed to affect what we do. It's supposed to affect every part of who we are. And I was just amazed at this image going, something is affecting who I am. Go back one picture. Um, something is dyeing me a different color. What color am I? What am I connected to? Colossians chapter 3, verse 9 says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator. It says that you're going to disconnect from one thing and connect to another. And we get to ask ourselves going, have I disconnected? Have I connected to him? Where is it affecting me? How is it affecting me? And, and it's easy for me to go, you know, well, I'm nice to the people that I like. Do you realize the people that don't love Jesus are normally nice to the people they, that they like? What about to those people that you don't like or the people that you kind of hardly remember exist? Because there's, there's three main groups of people. 
for each of us. There are those that we like, those that bother us, and then there's others. There's a lot of people in this others category. It's not that you're like re- resent their existence, but you just, they just keep breathing and occupying the planet with you. Um, a lot of times those people look like your waiter. It's not that you're like against your waiter or for your waiter. You're just like, I'm hungry. I want food. But how do you treat your waiter? Because they're actually a person. How about your mechanic, your teacher, classmates? Because all of a sudden it becomes a test that says, what kind of fruit am I producing? If I was to walk up to your teacher and to start to ask questions of your teacher about you, what kind of fruit would your teacher say that your life produces? Would would they sit here and go, they're an angry, bitter soul that hates the world? Very depressed. Hope they'll live through high school. Because that would be what I would call bad fruit. Um, if this is the case, you're in the wrong... Can you put up the picture of the flowers and the cups again? Thank you. You're in the wrong cup. If they look at you and go, they're green. You know what cup you're in? The green one. I know, I know, I'm brilliant. <laughs> Deep moments with Dan. So, um, <laughs> you like... But a lot of times we don't want to recognize it and we, we, we just look at these things and we go, well, I don't know why, I just feel this way. Like, well, what's being poured into you? I don't know, but I'm angry and I'm depressed and I'm, or, or you don't realize that you just yelled at your waiter again because your food wasn't as hot as you would like it to be. Like your waiter honestly had anything to do with the temperature of your food. She's not sitting there going, it's too hot. <laughs> like, if, you, if, you, if she walks out blowing and spitting on your food, there is reason to complain and just ask the manager, but you can do it sweetly. Um, but people should look at you and be able to go, you know what, I can tell what cup they're in. I should, they should be able to look at you and go, they're a different color than me. Not, hey, they're black and I'm white. Not they're white and I'm black. But they have a difference in character than I do. They're soaking in something. There's some kind of different fruit in their life. But the Bible tells us that if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The oldest passed away and the newest come. So what is it? How do I get this new life? How do I, how do I over, overflow with this fruit if it's not by going, produce the fruit, produce the fruit, behave, behave, do good things, do good things. And, okay, I have to confess, I'm that kind of a bird. Like, I'm prone to try to just do good things because... I'm very black and white by nature, and it's very easy for me to want, I want to win. I always want to win. Um, and so to define, this is a win, and just be like, boom, boom, I'll do those things. But that doesn't really fix your heart. Like, it just makes you a legalistic jerk most of the time. Um, so I constantly have to work on that because I recognize that I'm prone to some of the wrong behavior. But... The way that you produce the right fruit is by being connected to the right thing. Does anyone have a friend? Okay, friend, ever have a, ever have a friend? Have you ever had a friend? Okay. Do you ever know someone who had a friend, all right? All right. That should include all of you. If not, you've been homeschooled for too long. All right. 
There's nothing wrong with being homeschooled. I was homeschooled. But if you've never known someone who at least who had a friend, you've been too isolated. So, okay. Now, if you watch somebody who has a friend, ideally a close friend, you will notice at some point that they start doing some of the same things or start saying some of the same things or they get stupid inside jokes that they all laugh at. And you're like, what is so funny? They're like, Stinkity stink poop. Like, what? <laughs> that was actually one from a mission trip I was on in India. It was the answer to the great question, why do penguins stink? I don't know. But um, anyhow, but you, you'll find that they say the same thing. They do the same thing. They, they say it the same way. They start to walk the same and do the same. And you're like, what on earth are you guys morphing into? And they're like, I don't know. We're just friends. BFF for life. And they have more abbreviations for it, but I can't remember all the abbreviations. But they're, LOL. You're like, shut up. You're not texting. Uh, you're talking. Um, but you go, well, well, why is it? Do they sit here and have a class? How would it be just like me? And, like, and then they go through this thing. What grade did you get? I got a B at being just like you. Great. I got a B minus. We're getting it. No. Um, if you do, that's really creepy and weird. Um, but when you spend lots of time with somebody, they rub off on you. When you spend time soaking in something, it rubs off on you. And you get to think, well, what is rubbing off on me? Because there's a lot of people who go, I want to be like Jesus, but they're soaking in the jar of Netflix. And they're like, I spend an hour with Jesus every week. My parents kick me and make me get out of bed. And I go to church, and then I come home, and I watch three hours of Netflix on Sunday, four hours on Monday, and it's summer, so I get a good 25 hours of Netflix in a week. And they're like, what's affecting you? I don't know, but I have trouble not swearing. What are you watching? Uh, lots of Netflix. Well, well, yeah, Netflix has got a lot of different things. Are you watching VeggieTales or are you watching uh, R-rated movies? Um, do I have to answer that in church? Um, like, you know, like, I, I've talked to people and they're sitting here and they're like, well, I want to be this, but I'm struggling with this. And you're like, well, what are you putting in? N -n -n Netflix. Um. And most of the time, they won't admit it. They're like, I'm struggling with this. And they're like, they're like what are you putting in? I don't know. I just don't know what's going on. I don't know why. You start, what did you do yesterday? I watched movies. Mo movies, plural? Yeah. Three of them. You're like, watched three movies yesterday? Yeah, well, I, I was tired. And I didn't go to bed until one. Why? Because I was watching movies. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Is that a regular occurrence? Just all summer. Hmm. So you're struggling with your language. You're struggling with lust. You're struggling with sex. What's in the movies that you're watching? Is there lots of language? Maybe. Is there lots of sex? Yeah. Maybe you're in the red cup, and you're wondering why you're red. 
And some people go, well, how? that's funny because I don't watch Netflix. Huh? I have Amazon Prime. Um, like, <laughs> it's true if it's Netflix. It's true if it's Amazon Prime. It's true if you spend your whole day on Xbox playing live and hearing people cuss at you all day. Probably going to struggle with cussing. Um, <clears throat> it's true with the friends that you hang out with. It's true with whatever you're putting into you is going to come out of you. And a lot of times we want to have a different fruit, but we're sticking the wrong things in and we're going, why do I not look more like Jesus? Well, how much time are you spending with Jesus? Every Sunday. And on a good week Wednesday. So, he gets two and a half hours a week. Yeah. What in your life gets more than two and a half hours a week? Well, that's like one movie. So, movies, TV, friends, this, this. So, what thing do you think you're going to look like? Because a lot of times we're abiding in friends... And wondering why we don't look like Jesus. We're abiding in Netflix and going, why do I struggle with this? And we're abiding in our problems where we sit here and meditate on how much we don't like different people and how much different people don't like us. And then we're like, I'm depressed and I don't understand why I'm depressed. I'd be depressed too if I thought about everyone I didn't like. If I just sat around and thought about politics all day, I'd be depressed. Like, there's... We sit here and we think about this and we meditate on this and we abide in this and then we wonder why it's producing fruit in our life. And I want to challenge you going in Christ is supposed to affect every part of us and part of what that means is that I need to make this an influence, the chief influence in my life. I'm not saying that everyone needs to go home and quickly cancel their Netflix and cancel their Prime and, and never watch another movie and, and never have another friend. But the point is that we need to make an intentional habit of seeking God and letting Him be the influence in our life. And we need to abide in Him. That means we spend time reading our Bible, not just going, going to church is good. It's the step in the right direction, but you should be reading your Bible on your own. You should be praying sometime on your own. I'm not saying this because I'm perfect. I'm mostly saying this because I have my own issues and when I went to God, He started answering them and going, this is what you need to do. And I was like, that's really good. Maybe I'll preach it. And so, like, as you go through going, all right, hey, am I spending too much time letting other things become the chief influencer in my life? No, I need to step aside and go, all right, I will make God absolutely number one, not just by saying something at church, but by practice, by going at home, going, all right, I will set aside time to read. I will set aside time to pray. And when God tells me to do something, I'll obey, even if it's stupid. Because God sometimes tells you to do things that are stupid to us. And that can be like, the weirdest things. Um, sometimes it's, you know, hey, you need to share your faith with this person. You should invite this person to church. Sometimes it's, you need to bring up this conversation. Sometimes it's, you need to go apologize to your wife, which hopefully you don't have that yet. Um, but you need to apologize to your brother, to your sister. And that's one of those no fun ones. You're like, shut up. They were wrong. Like, they did it first. I was merely defending myself. Or like, um, no, I mean, that was, that was annoying. In fact, I'm just, I guess technically it's been over a week because it was during the mission trip. Uh, I was praying and God gave me one of those things that I didn't want to hear. I'm like, do-do-do. I'm like, study. like, God, use us, da-da-da. And God's like, you need to go apologize. I don't want to apologize. What do I got to, who do I, why? And you're like, oh, because I found myself returning Sark at, 
I don't really appreciate sarcasm, but I have a bad habit. If someone's really sarcastic, it's annoying of just dishing their sarcasm back on them. Um, and the Bible says not to repay evil with evil, and it says that if you do that, it's not going to, like, it'll never leave your house. Anyways, it's, it's a bad idea. Um, and God just kind of called me out on the fact that I was just mirroring it rather than mirroring the right thing. So I had to sit here and say, hey, sorry, I've been returning your sarcasm. It's not the right way to do it. And that wasn't what I wanted to hear. I, I don't like apologizing, just for the record. If anyone's wondering, I don't. I do it because it's the right thing, because God tells me to, and I want to abide in him, and part of abiding in him is doing what he says. In fact, if you go through John chapter 15, I'm trying to re- go back through my Bible and go, is it verse 6 or 10? All right, so it's in my notes somewhere where it goes through and tells, tells us that part of abiding in him is obeying him. And for me to look and go, all right, well, if I'm going to obey him when he says something, whether it's apologize to somebody, whether it's invite someone to church, whether it's walk out of that movie, whether it's walk away from that, walk away from this friendship, whatever it is, abiding in him is going, all right, God, I'm going to make you my source. And so I'm going to go your way and let you direct me. I'm going to let you affect me. I'm going to live to please you in everything that I do. Choosing to make him the number one influencer in my life. Which means, for most of us, you guys probably can't spend more time in the Bible than you do in school because in school takes up most of your wake day. And then they send you with homework. And you're like, poo, I go home and I do my homework and then it's time to go to bed. You may not be able to spend more time in God's word than you can in school, but you can give more influence to what God says than to school. And you can say, God, you are number one. So what you say trumps all, directs all, at all places. And as you do this, and you begin to seek Him, and you begin to make Him a priority, then He'll begin to change you. He'll begin to color you. He'll begin to make you look like Him. And that's the goal of abiding in Him. I was talking to somebody I'll just name him Bob. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I've, I've had different conversations with people who just, for a long time, they'll say things like, I just talk too much. I just talk all the time. And they just start, keep talking. You're like, um, can I just like record you and give you some of your own advice? Like, I'll just record you and then go push play. And it'll say, sit here and say that you talk too much because you just admitted it. Or, I have an anger problem. I just get mad, punch things. So, why do you keep doing it? And I was, I was having a conversation with somebody, and they, they were going through this. They, they, their, some of their issues were that they talked too much, and that they had anger issues. And for years, they just they kept admitting it, but not fixing it. I'm like, that's crazy. But they were asking me, and they took a challenge I actually gave some students. I said, all right. I said, take your Bible. Read it. 
Proverbs is a great place to start, especially if those are your issues. I said, and I want you to, to mark the things that you deal with. So if you deal with talking too much, mark what it says about your tongue. If you deal with anger, mark what it says about your, your anger, with your temper. If you deal with, are struggling with money, mark every spot that it talks about money. Whatever it is that your issue is, mark it. They started doing this. And they started actually sending me a verse each day that, that spoke to them. Within three months, I was blown away because they'd completely changed. And now when they talked about things, their perspective had changed. When they talked about anger, they didn't talk about it with pride over their problem that they owned and continued. They now begin to see it the way that God saw it because the Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says that we guard our heart above all else because out of it flow the issues of life. And he said, as he began to put God's word in, he began to put it in and look specifically at what it said about the things that he was dealing with. It began to produce fruit and it began to change the color of him. It began to make him look more like Jesus. And this is true for all of us. If we'll seek him, it will overflow. In Christ, his life will flow through you. But it can't flow out until it flows in. Are you giving God a chance to flow in? And I want to ask, I want to give a simple opportunity. I want to ask a question. Because as I went through the simple fruit test, there may have been, there may have been, I know there's some of you who looked at it and were like, you know what? I am more like group number one with the fruit of the flesh than I am like group number two. And if you're to judge a tree by its fruit, I could call myself whatever kind of tree I want to call myself, but my fruit would reveal that God is not number one in my life. That he is not the influencer, that I am not abiding in him. And if we were to go through John 15, it says that those that produce no fruit are cut off, thrown away, and burned. But he extends this offer and says that while you're living, he says, if you want to make a decision that I, want, I will abide in him, I want this gift, and I want him to produce fruit in me, he says that you can be grafted in, that you can become part of, of him, You can sit and soak in his jar and let him begin to produce fruit in your life. If you're here and say, you know what, I need to do that. I want my life to begin to look like him. I want to make him not just my escape from hell, but I want to make him my Lord. I want to live for him. I want to know that my sins are forgiven. Yes, I want to know I'm right with God on my way to heaven, but I want to make him my Lord. I want to give you a chance to do that. Can everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? When I say three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if that's you. And you can declare that God is Lord. You can make a choice to begin to abide in Him, to begin to let Him produce fruit in your life. One, two, get ready, three. Raise up your hands nice and high. So that's me. Awesome. Who else is that's me? Awesome. Most important decision that anybody ever makes. I'm going to say a prayer because the Bible says 
that if we confess that Jesus is the Lord with our mouth, if we believe in our heart, that we will be saved. And so we're going to do that. So if you've made that decision before, go ahead and repeat after me. If you raised your hand today, go ahead, join us as we pray. Say, God, I'm sorry for the wrong things I've done. I believe that you died and rose again. Thank you for washing my sins away. I want to live for you every day. I make you the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Give them a real big hand. You guys, don't forget about the beach party next week. You guys are dismissed.